Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Doug Tyrrell History and Comment. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Terrell. This is History and Comment for Tuesday, the 14th day of March, 2023. If you thought it was spring, here's another blast of winter to enjoy. Eli Whitney was a Connecticut Yankee with a degree from Yale. In the late 18th century, it was a common practice for New Englanders to move to the South. In the South, Whitney designs a device to separate the fiber and seeds from cotton. On this day in 1794, he receives a patent. Slavery was waning at the time. Whitney thought the device, which greatly reduced the labor, might sound the death nail on the institution. In fact, it had quite the opposite effect, increasing the demand for the fiber that still required hand-picking. Ironically, Whitney spent a fortune defending his patents and profited little from the invention. German Ferdinand von Zeppelin receives a U.S. patent for his navigable balloon in 1899. We spoke yesterday about the Andretti dynasty. Today we can talk about another racing family. NASCAR pioneer Lee Petty was born in 1914 in Randleman, North Carolina. Gemini and Apollo astronaut Frank Borman is 95 today, just nine days older than fellow Apollo 8 crewman Jim Lovell, making Borman the oldest surviving Apollo crewman. Of the 24 men who flew to the moon, eight are still living. The youngest is Ken Mattingly, who will be 87 in three days. He flew on Apollo 16 and two shuttle missions. Singer, songwriter, and producer Quincy Jones is 90 today. The Federal Bureau of Investigation begins its program of highlighting its 10 most wanted fugitives in 1950. It's an extension of the idea spawned in Chicago when the city named Al Capone public enemy number one. After Capone, the FBI picked up on the idea and names four public enemies number one in order John Dillinger, Pretty Boy Floyd, Babyface Nelson, and Alvin Karpus. Karpus is the only one not active in the Chicago area and the only one taken alive. The current list can be found on the FBI's website. You should take a look and make a few obvious notes. You're a thinking adult. Draw your own conclusions. Future home run king Hank Aaron makes his Major League Baseball debut with the Boston Red Sox in 1954. Originally known as the Record Industry Association of America and later the Recording Industry Association, begins awarding gold records 65 years ago today. The first single to get the honor was Perry Como's single, Catch a Falling Star. The events that surround the assassination of President Kennedy was a surreal circus that started before the slain president had assumed room temperature. There was a battle at the hospital between White House staff and the Dallas coroner, with the latter insisting an autopsy was required by Texas law and who had jurisdiction. There was no federal law concerning the assassination of presidents, and Texas law should have been the superior. Then there was a circus getting a casket fit for the president on a moment's notice, and what happened to it? Then the movement of the extremely heavy and expensive casket to and on board Air Force One and back to Washington, D.C., looked like the Keystone Cops. The original casket was ruined by the time it reached Bethesda Naval Hospital and was replaced there. The original was sunk off the Atlantic coast in 9,000 feet of water. But the story does not end there. The original grave site did not meet the desires of Jackie and others. A more elaborate site was designed, and on this day in 1967, almost three and a half years after the original burial, President Kennedy is exhumed 
and moved a few feet to the new gravesite. British citizens, members of the Rolling Stones, leave England for France to escape taxes. The year is 1971. Broadcast journalist Mike Wallace retires from the CBS News program 60 Minutes in 2006. He began his career in radio in 1939. That's history and comment for the 14th day of March. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering.